We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Weather. I don't know what it's like in Alaska right now, but we're about to get eight inches of snow dumped on us tonight. So we're, we're looking to have a good time here. But uh, I get to, to be joined instead by my good friend Eric Trickle. And Eric, I just appreciate you joining me here on this Valentine's evening. Yeah, thank you for having me. I mean, it's not like, you know, my wife and I, we didn't have any plans our plans for Valentine's Day we did earlier in the day, so now we just have a uh, a dinner that I got to cook after we had it. We got some really nice tomahawk steaks that I'm going to cook up. So, um, but Nick is it's it's nice to say that I'm not the farthest behind in the time zones now because Nick is an hour behind me. So now <laughs> I can make fun of him for that just just for a little bit longer. Yeah, you got your one week here. So no, that, that's good. But uh, just wanted to say hi to the chat here real quick. We got Riptide coming in saying, "Sup, Broncos fam." And already hitting on our topic for the evening, saying my guest is Justin Simmons, who's a bigger name. We are talking about some possible trade candidates for the Broncos coming up here this offseason. As uh, I guess let me ask you this question to start off, and then I'll get back here to the chat. Would you be more surprised that the Broncos didn't trade someone or that they did trade someone? As much as I'm against them trading somebody this year, I think they'll trade somebody. So if they don't, I'll be more surprised than if they do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And we got Granville coming in with his guess of Garrett Bowles being the guy. Uh, Granville, yep, yeah, that, that's kind of the name that's been thrown out today. Here's the thing. All offseason, there's going to be a lot of names thrown out there. And we're going to kind of talk about just some different players, not just Garrett Bowles tonight. Um, and just kind of our thoughts on maybe who we would, who we could think would be traded and what we'd want in return to make it worth it for us. So, uh, we'll get to that, but uh, again, I just want to get to the tra- chat here a little bit more. Let me get back. Uh, let's see. We got Thane coming in saying, I don't think it's Simmons. My bet would be Judy because of his attitude. Sean isn't going to put up with his crap. Well, I mean, he put up with Michael Thomas for a lot of years. <laughs> so some of these coaches, I think they realize they're willing to put up with crap if the player is talented and actually doing something on the field. You know, you're not going to have Boy Scouts at every player that's perfect in attitude and how they conduct themselves. You, you got to learn to balance a lot of big personalities for sure. But we got, uh, let's see, we got Todd coming in as well here this evening. Thank you for joining us here, Todd. Kevin Gray. Uh, let's see. Mark Hoynick as well. Uh, be stupid to jump. Judy can't replace somebody that good. He is cheap. He won't be cheap for much longer. That's one of the issues there. But especially if he has kind of if he keeps going on how he finished the season, that yeah. kid's going to get paid real quick. Which it raises that interesting question with the fifth year option coming up. Uh, for me, I think it's a no brainer you pick him up. It's only like twelve point three million somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it's a no brainer to pick it up because that is still another year of cost control. Because if you're having to extend him and he continues as he did to end the season, you're now looking at eighteen to twenty plus million after that. So you can just push that down the road just a little bit longer. Yeah, we got BK coming in saying need to free up cap space to make other moves. Um, I mean, yeah, th- there, there's some things they can do without having to trade somebody. There, there's a couple players that they could cut, essentially, and yeah. free up enough cap space. And 
as we've seen in the NFL, cash is king. Cash over cap. <laughs> you can make a lot of things work in the NFL. You know, there's at least, I don't know, about four or five teams that are already over the cap right now. I don't think they're that worried about it. I mean, we've seen the Saints be like 80 million over the cap and still making moves. Like they were yeah. trying to trade for Derek Carr and take on his, what, $25 million a year contract or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not sitting there going, oh, we're 80 million. We can't do these kind of things. They're going, no, we'll make it work. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing is the cap matters, but when you have cash on hand, it's easier to work it because of how contracts work in the NFL. When you sign the contract, all the money in that contract has to go into escrow. All of it. It has to get put aside and all that stuff. So when you don't have a lot of cash and you're relying on the funds that you get from the NFL, it's a lot harder to make those moves of giving out these huge, huge bonuses early on or throughout the contract. And it makes you a little bit more fickle with the money, which tends to lead to a little bit lower cap hits or bigger. I mean, bigger cap hits when you can spread them out with bonuses, giving like a $5 million roster bonus two years down the road, you're not taking that cap hit right away, but you're still paying the player. So cash is cash is often viewed more favorably than salary cap, which is more of a soft cap in the NFL. Right. We got William coming in saying, I'm not saying bowls is who they are talking about. I'm saying they might be floating this to soften the blow when they ask both of them to restructure. Yeah, I, I do think that they're going to go to quite a few players this offseason and try to get some restructures done and free up some of that cap space, like you said, that they can start making a few moves because they're going to have to do a lot. You know, Bowles is going to be one of our main guys we talk about tonight. I think one of the biggest issues, we're going to talk about this quite a bit, is if you trade him, now you've got four offensive linemen for starters. We're just talking the starter side of things that you've got to replace. Unless we're counting Lloyd Cushenberry, which I'm not. <laughs> that guy should be benched for sure. You know, you're probably losing Graham Glasgow because he's going to be one of those cut restructure kind of guys. And on top of that, you probably got to find at least two or three quality backups. You got to find a swing tackle. You got to find a swing guy on the inside and probably at least another backup. So that's a lot of players to replace on that offensive line. It'd be nice if you could solidify that left tackle already with Garrett Bowles. Yeah, and I definitely agree. I mean, and then part of my thing with the whole Garrett Bowles thing is you do save a decent amount of money if you cut him. 17.8 million cap it, you only have then you save 9.8 million against the salary cap. But the issue is is you're still counting for eight million dollars against the salary cap. So you still have that nine point eight million that if you're paying somebody else to be a left tackle and the left tackle draft class, the left tackle for agent group, both aren't great then you're having to overpay somebody. So you're literally paying two offensive tackles, one of them being Garrett Bowles, to be your starter at left tackle when you can just keep Garrett Bowles, who, despite his issues, is still a top 12, at the very least, left tackle in the NFL as the left tackle play across the NFL has gone down. Yeah, and I think, if I saw right, I think for his cap hit this next year, he is the 10th highest paid left tackle in football. Um. Is that correct? Yeah, he's t- he's tied for the he's tied for the ninth with Orlando Brown. Okay, there you go. So, uh, really, he, he's his contract's pretty much in line with when he plays on the field. Yeah. And I'm I'm really going to discount a lot of what happened with the offensive line this last year because Butch Berry was that bad, and a lot of players like he was just. It sounded like almost like Mike Munchak told guys, "Hey, let's do it one way." Butch Berry said, "I'm going to come in. I'm going to do the exact opposite." just because I want to establish my position of power. Even yeah. if it's completely wrong, I still have to establish myself as the right guy. Yeah. And I want to touch on that, but real quick, I just want to grab this comment. Uh, yeah, that's actually my mom. Um, when Carl was doing the intro and everything, I texted her and she wants me to tell you hi. <laughs> so, but anyway, with Butch Berry, I mean, you, you're not, you're, you're spot on with it. It was, these guys they took to Mike Munchak, and it's not just the it's not just what he was teaching them, it was how he was doing it. Then you have Butch Berry comes in, who is, from what I understand, was far more authoritative, right? That's the right word I'm thinking of, I think. Yeah. Uh, about his coaching and everything. And it's like, you do it my way or else. And then there was a whole thing of he brought in a big value on if we pay you, 
we're more likely to pay or play you because hey they're more expensive they're probably better which there were some bottom of the guys on the depth chart on the offensive line that were better than the guys above them but hey they didn't have the investment in them so they weren't being paid and that was a big thing of butch berry as well we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fully deserved to be fired. And the fact that he got another job is absolutely hilarious to me. I saw some Miami guys defending how Denver's offensive line actually improved in multiple statistics from this last year, but they didn't take into consideration how across the NFL, the offensive line play in general was down for this year. Yeah. And Denver by itself actually um, declined a little bit when you look at all these, all these advanced analytics with their offensive line. So even though they were rated higher, the numbers were worse still. Yeah. All right, I want to get to this one of Paul. He's been a long-time listener saying, hello, Carl and Eric. I doubt we can trade for us. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a little tougher one. Yeah. So um, not seeing that one happen. And then we got BK coming in with a super chat. Really appreciate that, BK, saying, look at Sean Payton's draft picks during his time with the Saints. A lot of great offensive linemen were drafted in the later rounds. I'm wondering if he was behind those or the GM. It's a combo. I mean, it's never just one person. And I do think Sean Payton has a great system that sets up offensive linemen. I think it also did help having Drew Brees, who had a very quick release. Um, he, he was not holding on to that ball very long. It's kind of like when Peyton Manning was here and everybody's like, oh, look how great the Broncos offensive line is. Well, it's a combination of the two. You know, they had some good players because they had like Ryan Clady. Um, Ramirez is another one that I kind of remember during that time. Uh, Vasquez, that's the one I was thinking. Sorry, not Ramirez. You had a, you had okay you, you had to mention Manny Ramirez and I think that's like gonna trigger all the Bronco fans remembering that snap over Peyton's head. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Vasquez <laughs> is who I was thinking about. My bad, everyone. Uh, but you know, you had some some pretty good players during that time. Even or- Orlando Franklin. I, I'm still a little bit frustrated at them moving him inside, all because he had a really bad Super Bowl. I'm like, everybody yeah. had a bad Super Bowl. We over panicked that whole situation. It, it just is a bad day. But, uh, but yeah, I, I do think Sean Payton's system sets up well to give offensive linemen a good chance to have success. And on that note is, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of both unless it's there are some guys that are like, this is definitely the coach's guy. Montrell Washington was a pick of Dwayne Stukes, right? That was the former special. That's the former. That was, that was his dude, so they wouldn't got him. That happens sometimes, but a lot of it is both working in unison. And that was the way it was there in New Orleans for a long time. And one thing with it is I have a concern with Sean Payton and his passing scheme and adapting it to Russell Wilson, but he has shown that he can adapt his running game to the running backs and offensive line. So he doesn't really pigeonhole himself into just like one type of offensive lineman because he has shown he can work around it. And I think that also helps him finding offensive line guys because it's not, we're not trying to take a square peg and shove it into a round hole is we're going to adapt. If we're running an outside zone scheme and this guy isn't doesn't have that lateral ability, 
um, to move for an outside zone scheme, we're not going to have a move. We're not. We're going to just. We're going to do design a run play to where he doesn't have to be that main mover, that the puller, the lead block puller. Like that's one thing that I do really like about Sean Payton and why I have always highly respected his ability to co- be an offensive minded coach. Right. All right, we got Ernie Mays coming in saying hello, Carl and Eric. Go Broncos country. And, of course, Clint coming in here saying happy Valentine's Day, Broncos country. Yeah, we we really appreciate all of you tuning in here this evening on, I mean, you could be doing a lot of things. And we just appreciate you taking this little bit of time to hang out with us. We've got William Goodwin saying good evening, MHH. Good evening to you as well. So just Red Bulls is the big name. Don't think coming off an injury and with his cap, it is going to net a great return. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What what do you think his return could actually be? <laughs> uh, a day three. Like, I think overall the value probably a mid-late third rounder, but it's going to be a, like one or two day three picks. He's going to be 31 in May. He's coming off that leg injury, and he's got a reputation for holding, which is well-deserved. No one will argue that Bulls doesn't hold, although some of the calls last year were terrible calls because they weren't actually holding. But that's whole other argument here so i don't think it's gonna be enough i mean i understand wanting to get additional draft draft picks and everything i get it i'm a draft guy i love the draft the more picks you have the better it is for me um and the work i do for mhh but it's it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense especially in this year's draft class it's not very good the offensive tackle class unless you're getting a first or second round pick then say goodbye to offensive tackles essentially because all the good names are going to be gone and probably the first 60 picks. There's not a lot of them. And the ones that are the names that are there, like mentioned offensive line to play down the, across the NFL was down tackle play across the NFL was down. Well, that's it's They're going to get scooped up quickly. Yeah. I'm with you there. All right. We got some more coming in here. We got Michael coming in with some stars saying good evening, Carl and Eric on building the Broncos go Broncos. Michael, always good to see you in here for sure. And we got Greg Smith as well saying, good evening, Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you here, Greg. And then we got Riptide coming in with a $5 super chat saying, the only player who makes any sense is Simmons. He'll be 30, and we save $14 million on the cap and should garner at least a second-round pick. Eric, what are your thoughts here on Riptide's comment? Um, I got to double check the money on that. Cause I don't think that's actually correct um, for Justin Simmons deal. He does count 18.15 million against the salary cap, but you only save 7.75 million against the salary cap with 10.4 dead. Um, hold on. Got to look at the right number here. Sorry. 10.65 and then 7.5 dead is you save this 10.65. So the, the thing is, is with the trade, if you're aiming for draft capital this year, the trade has to be done before June 1st, obviously. You right. can't designate a trade for post-June 1st. Um, I think if you cut him after June 1st is where that you can get that $14 million, or trade him after that point, but you're not getting draft picks for this year. Um, Justin Simmons, to me, is the one that does make the most sense um, from a financial standpoint, from a return standpoint, but you have the same issue. The return is or not the return, the issues you're going to have, you're going to create another hole on your roster in a year that you need to be focused on trying to turn things around. And real quick, guys, sorry about my camera. It likes to freeze up on me for some reason every now and then, but uh, so sorry about that. I wasn't sure if it was you or me. (laughs) But we got Phil coming in saying, good evening, Carl and Eric. I really don't want to trade anyone that's top-notch player. There are others that can be cut to get cap space and use that money to get players yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I think maybe one trade. I, I could maybe get on board with with one trade. You know, maybe you get something for like Ronald Darby, where you're saving quite a bit on cap space. You're probably not going to get a whole lot in return by any means, but you're at least adding a little bit more draft capital to to the boat for a guy that maybe you were going to cut anyway. Um, that, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Because, like I said, we, we can do a lot of cash. We can actually go out there and buy some decent players. Now, the, the left tackle market doesn't look that great. Right tackle market looks pretty decent for free agency compared to most years. Now, the odds that all those guys are going to hit free agency, pretty slim. You know, McGrary there with Atlanta, they've got a ton of cap space. I'd be shocked if they let that guy hit the market. 
Um, you know, the I'm trying to think the McGlinchey with the the 49ers. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna get paid so much money. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be one of those guys that gets a huge contract, gets overpaid, and people will call him as overpaid. And then in three years, two three years from now, he's being let go because he's overpaid. That's just the vibe I get, and the vibe I got when I watched over McGlinchey's game. Kyle Shanahan, great coach, did so much to cover up his issues. George Kittle was a huge help there to help cover up those issues. Yeah. Then we got Benjamin Flores coming in saying, hola, compadres. Uh, Go Broncos. I sure hope a new and proven coach turns this around. Our quarterback and coach have won the big one. we got to be able to shake things up a bit next season. Yeah, I, I listened to a lot of Sean Payton's interviews over the week there at the Super Bowl. You know, he's completing all of his last media obligations, and he's a great guy to listen to. I mean, you, you can tell this guy knows football, and he's very calculated what he says. I also love, of course, he had to badmouth a lot of the other teams in the division. <laughs> so that was kind of nice to see him go about that direction. But, uh, but yeah, I, I do think Broncos got themselves quite the, the head coach. Whether he can work with the quarterback, like you said, we'll, we'll have to see if he can meld well with, with Russell Wilson or not. Um, you know, I like so far, it seems like Russell Wilson's saying the right things, but Russell Wilson usually talks pretty good <laughs> as I just didn't talk very good. Uh, but I, 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 he can talk a good game. Yeah. Now, when you, can he actually take to hard coaching? Can he be willing to, to change up what his game's going to be, or even be willing to accept that they're probably going to go back to more of a Seattle type system. We're going to run the football like crazy. You're going to throw off play action. We're going to help hope that you can make about five or six plays a game. Yeah. It, can he settle back into that when he left Seattle because he was so mad that he could, wasn't getting that? Yeah, it was that whole thing of let Russ cook, and that was an issue in Seattle. He wanted to keep doing it, led to all the issues there, led to him in Denver. I think that this last season was extremely humbling for Russell Wilson, and if it wasn't, there is something wrong with him. Yeah, Like, you can't have the season you have and not be humbled by it. And then turn around and look at what they did over the final two games, which the final two games still have to have context in it. He had a couple games during the season where he had a terrible half, like he did in the final week, terrible first half, and came back with a huge second half. The Jaguars game was another one that he had that bad first half and then really bounced back in the second half. Um, that happened, but it was what they did to see get that success in those final two games going back to that style of offense that they ran in Seattle and having Russ just kind of take what was given and look for that explosive play when it was there. Right. I, from, I can't remember who it was. I saw somebody pointed to, or made a comment that there, it wasn't, ex, there wasn't a lot of happiness from Russ's side about the whole thing of the, uh, the personal coaches being unheard of and being outside the building, but it was something that needs to be done. Like, Throughout the NFL, personal coaches are allowed into the building. They're allowed there. But it's often they're working with the team coaches as to what they're doing. From how it seemed this last year, it was more so that the the DeBroncos coaches are pushed to the side and the personal coaches are doing all the work with them. That is completely unheard of. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see with that. Um, we'll have to wait and see if Russell Wilson will take to the hard coaching and that's another thing that I like about Sean Payton before I pass this back off to you is he can be that hard coach, but as we've seen, he can also be a friendly coach to it, but he knows how to toe that line of not being too friendly and not being too harsh. Right. And he talked about that. of Bill Parcells is kind of his coaching hero. And Parcells was like the psychological mastermind of the NFL for a lot of years. And so I think he understands that if each person has to be kind of coached a little bit different, how you talk to them, how do you communicate things. You can't do it all the same with everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And uh, all right, we've got Riptide coming in with a question for you, Eric, saying, what's your take on Steve Avila from TCU? I know the topic is big trade, but I also know you are a draft guy. If he's there with one of the third round picks that Denver has, take him. Take him. I'm a huge fan of his. I like his position versatility. I thought he had a really great week at the Senior Bowl. I don't think he'll be there, though, and that really bums me out. I like Steve Avila, and it's not that I don't like Osiris Torrance out of Florida. They're very similar players. I personally like Avila more because he has shown he can play at center. That's where he was in 2021 before moving to guard for 2022 at TCU. Torrance, to me, is a guard-only guy. So I like the position versatility. Position versatility always gives a little boost in, in value for me. Huge Avila fan. When he gets his hands on you, you're just completely done. Yeah. And we got Kyle Tremor saying, thank you, Eric, and thanks to both of you for covering the Broncos so well. You are a joy to listen to. Well, thank you. I appreciate you tuning in here today. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to catch back up with the chat here. You guys are going pretty crazy here tonight. I appreciate that. <laughs> so if I, I missed anything, just let me know because I'm kind of playing the background. We got Scott's gone on vacation as well here this evening. You know, it's that off season. Everybody's going going where they need to go. And just wanted to give a shout out to our Twitch people. Thank you guys for tuning in as well. Uh, who's your dream player there at 67 when we pick first from Broken Pirates? Oh, um, dream pick? I mean, does it need to be a reasonable dream? Because <laughs> I, I, I want to say Jalen Carter, which is a dream and never would happen. But yeah, um, reasonably, um. I think there is a small chance that a couple of offensive tackles might fall a little bit small chance. Yeah. Um, and I think even though I view him a little bit more as a guard, I think if Darnell, Wright, Um, <laughs> which Savage boy Kev just came in asking me asking about Darnell, Wright. Um, if Darnell, Wright Is there, I think I would make that pick um, with what Sean Payton has done with the offensive line. I just don't think he'll be there. And, um, yeah, that, that's probably my guy, Darnell Wright. There you go. I right, got Chris Hernandez saying, looking forward to what the offseason brings. Yeah, I I know a lot of people, again, they look at that cap space that the Broncos have and say there's no way they can be aggressive. I think they're going to be pretty darn aggressive. Anytime you get a new head coach in, they want to bring in their guys. They, they want to get their mark on this roster instead of having to play with last guy's guys. I guess is the, the easy way to say that. Um, so I do. I see quite a few moves. I, I see at least a couple big ones and then probably quite a few in the mid-range area to, to fill out the rest of the roster. And the draft, I mean, there's no way they can be aggressive. You're already at five picks. You can't really do a whole lot with trading up. I, I see them more using one of those back-to-back picks, trading back, trying to get some more draft capital, get into those fourth and fifth, sixth rounds, getting a few more guys. But uh, but yeah, I think it is going to be a fun offseason. I'm excited to start hearing the staff. That, that's going to be a big one moving forward. Offense coordinator, defense coordinator. Uh, any any thoughts on when we might start hearing some of those kind of things? I think in the, in the coming days, we'll probably start hearing it. From what I've heard and what I've seen put out there and everything, it seems like that there were some guys that were waiting on the dominoes of the Cardinals coaching search and the Colts coaching search to be kind of wrapped up. I know Sean Desai, there's a line, the linebacker coach from Philadelphia. Um, he was linked with the Arizona job, especially if John, G- John Gannon was hired. He was linked with the Broncos defensive coordinator job. If 
you know, depending on what happened with Arizona. Sean Desai, same thing. There's also some talk about Sean Desai and Indy. So it's a now that those head coaching jobs are wrapped up, I think we'll start to see a little bit more movement on those fronts. I think they're being a little bit more passive, I guess, on the offensive side of the ball. Because I think there's one or two, maybe three guys they're really looking at that aren't being linked with other teams. Yeah. And we got, of course, Gerald coming in saying, Sexy Rexy coming to the Denver as their defensive coach. Hide your feet. (laughs) I I can't imagine having that guy as a Denver Bronco coach. Like, I mean, he was fun to listen to when he was the Jets head coach and just listening to his interviews. And, and, you know, he's been on TV. It'd be interesting because he has talked really bad about Russell Wilson this past year. Like, he was probably, like, one of the biggest critics of Russell Wilson. How that would be handled, I guess, would be interesting. But I, he, he's a good defense coordinator. He's been out of the game for a lot of years. I do worry about that side of it. 2016. Was that the last? Okay. Wow. Was- yeah, that's been been a while. Um, but I did love his scheme. It was one of the more, you know, I loved what he did with pressure up mm-hmm. front. It wasn't always bringing like six or seven guys. It was just mixing up the four. And a lot of times it just, I get frustrated watching sometimes those boring defenses that just, Hey, it's same four every time. It just makes, makes work on the offense too easy. Yeah. I mean, if you know who's coming, then it takes a little bit less thinking from the offensive line and the quarterback. And there are ways that you can still rush the same ones and still make them think. Evro did a great job about that, especially with how he used Draymond Jones of making the guy who he the guard who he targeted as the weak link in pass protection, making them think extra with how they lined up. Um, Cody Alexander, great defensive mind, great mind in football in general. He has a Substack out there, and he actually has an article that talks about that of forcing the forcing the bad guard to think extra. And Draymond Jones was able to have a really good season doing that. Yeah. So you can still do it, but it still it still takes a little bit less thinking out. And I do like Rex Ryan. I like his defense. My thing is, is the NFL has changed a lot since he was last in it over the last what, however many years that is. Yeah. Um. So I'm a little bit rough about it. And then, as you said, he essentially called Russell Wilson garbage multiple multiple times this last season. That would be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see Russ being too happy if that is who yeah. they bring in. I mean, he wouldn't be working with, with Rex, but still, they're, they're going to see each other quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, let's see, I had... Lee Terriano is coming in saying, hello, gentlemen, I'm late to the chat. Who's the big name we put on the block? Uh, if, if rumors out there are true, it's Garrett Bowles is the name well, that's being kind of floating, floated. And the thing is, is we've known Garrett Bowles has been linked to trades since January, since yeah. the start of January, since December, really. So it, it's not all that surprising. Like when I, when I saw the whole thing of a uh, big name, a mystery guy, I was like, okay, is this actually like Jerry Judy talk? It's mm-hmm. the same guy. Um, there are people now going on Twitter denying it. Zach Stevens, he's denied it. Like multiple other people have denied that there's absolutely been no conversations about it. Thing is, is Garrett Bowles' contract is fine, not great. So you want to try to do something with it. So I, I, I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get the idea of making, as we've mentioned, making another weakness for yourself. But at the same time, it doesn't hurt to go and try to figure out what you could possibly, like dangle him and see what you could possibly get in return. And if it's not enough, it's not enough. Like, yeah. and you just don't trade him at that point. So I think it's fine um, for it to be. It's just Garrett Bowles has been talked about for a while now. Yeah. I remember even last season, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people talking that, he could be on the move with the new offensive staff coming in and all that kind of stuff. You're again, you're, you're always looking to get your guys into the building. Yeah. Whoever that might be. And, and oh, go ahead. And on the, on that note with going back to last year with Garrett Bowles, the same person who started it this year, started it last year too. Of Garrett Bowles is on his way out that they're going to yeah. trade Garrett Bowles. And like, it could happen. I mean, last year, they almost traded Dalton Reisner. They they during the draft, and they 
did explore trading Garrett Bowles last year. They just didn't do it. So again, it's just the whole thing of nothing's wrong with dangling them. Um, but uh, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, for sure. And so I guess a couple other names I wanted to throw out there that I know have, have been linked to some ideas of being traded. Of course, there's that idea of sign and trade Draymond Jones. What do you think you could get for him in return? Um, I think very highly of Draymond Jones. Yeah. Um, this year when he was healthy before he missed the final few games, he was at the very least top 10 in every advanced statistical category for interior defensive defense, interior defensive lineman as a pass rusher before they traded Bradley Chubb away. He was top five in almost all of them. So he's not a Batman on it, but he's a guy, he's a Robin that he can get by and become kind of a Batman kind of, kind of pass rusher when there's another Robin on the team. Uh, he's not a guy that has to have the main focus taken away from him, but just somebody else to take a little bit of focus. I think that that is the value of a second round interior defensive of a second round pick, not saying second round pick directly, but the value of a second round pick. I think that's what you get with Draymond Jones. Having it be from a uh, tag and trade makes it a little bit more difficult though. Yeah. Usually at that point, the other team has to figure out a, a contract that he signs pretty much that day. Mm-hmm. So you have to have him negotiating with other teams and it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of moving parts for everybody to be in agreement to make that one work. But uh, yeah, is he, is he at the top of your list of guys Broncos need to resign, resign? He is one of the three guys that I want. I'm 100%. If they move on from them, like I'll have questions. Like they have control over Draymond Jones because they have the tag. They can they could tag them and then work an extension later. The other two, they're not really tag worthy, but they're still guys that you need to go and you need to bring them back. And that's Alex Singleton, who I didn't wasn't really a big fan of the pick. I thought he got hyped up a little bit too much, um, primarily for his playing coverage, which was an issue. But the dude flies around and was so good against the run. And then um, Cameron Fleming, like he probably was the signing that had brought the most value to the team because he signed for so cheap and then came in and was a solid starter for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about needing so many uh, so many offensive linemen. Well, he has proven that he can be a pretty valuable swing tackle at the very least. So I yeah. think he's that he's that third guy for me that is a must bring back. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I got to this one earlier, but wanted to make sure Phil uh, coming in with the stars saying, good evening, Carl and Eric. I really don't want to trade anyone that's top-notch player. There are others that can be cut to get cap space. Maybe I didn't get to this one, but use that money to get players. Um, yeah, it's I'm kind of in that same boat there, Phil. And appreciate you always coming in here with the, the stars and everybody else. Man, we got a lot of people in here for, for a Valentine's Day. I really appreciate it, everyone. And it's going to be a great off season. So make sure you guys are tuning in to all of our different shows that we have going on. You know, you got Dove, Di- Dove Valley Deep Divers, MHI, uh, Broncos for Breakfast. And so, like I said, just make sure you guys are tuning in. Don't miss any of these shows. Uh, of course, you got uh, Zach and, and Chad uh, doing most of the days of the week and doing some great things out there. So I want to give them a shout out as well. And so uh, I guess my, my other thing with Draymond Jones that I wanted to get to here is you don't have much behind him. Again, this is kind of the Garrett Bowles conversation where, okay, so you trade him. Now what, what are you doing at defensive line? You've got one decent player in DJ Jones. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Who else are you looking at here? I, I, you got a couple guys that were rookies this last year and you hope that they can take that next step but there's no guarantee of that at all. Yeah. And beyond that, you probably still need at least a couple more guys for just depth. And with defensive line, that's a position that typically end of year two, start of year three is when they take that jump. We saw that with Draymond Jones. And the other guy you have besides them is Mike Purcell, who's very well likely a cap casualty this year. 3.25 um, freed up on the thing with only like just a couple hundred thousand in dead cap. That's very likely a cap casualty there. And this is a terrible class for interior defensive linemen. It is terrible. You have Jalen Carter and then everybody else. Like, and there are, there are, when I say terrible, it's not like that there's not some prospects in it. It's just that they'll, they're, they'll go quickly. 
and then once they're gone there isn't much left yeah um so it, it's a, it is that thing of you don't really have anybody you can bring back and then if you want to go the veteran route well then just keep the guy because if you're trying to find somebody to replace them you're going to be paying just as much if not more than it is to keep them and then again franchise tag the franchise tag is great and when you sign the franchise or when you give out the franchise tag it buys you extra time to work out a long-term deal so you don't have to sit there and rush to do it and then it doesn't mean that the starting point of a contract extension is a franchise tag amount it's not the 19.8 million or whatever it is for a defensive end this year for draymond jones it's just saying that we want to keep you and the agents of players they know their worth Draymond Jones and his agents, they know he's not worth that much. So that's not going to be starting point. It's not the same thing as Justin Simmons, where the franchise tag was actually less than what they viewed his value. It's not, it's, it's a different situation there. So it just gives you that extra versatility and the extra options of what you want to do. Cause then maybe it comes to a point where in the draft, you do land one of these big defensive linemen. Um, that is one of the talented guys that happens to fall a little bit. Maybe you do manage to land one. Then you can still, Okay. We'll trade Draymond Jones at this point now. Yeah. And we got this question from FJ Castillo saying, is Gregory a Robin? Since you were talking about the Batman and Robin earlier. It's tough because statistically he's a Batman, but with how often he's on the field, he's a Robin. He is extremely good when he's on the field, but the last few years, injuries have kept him from seeing the field. And you want your Batman there in the biggest games. You want them there in the big moments and you just can't trust Gregory to be out there consistently. So he's a Robin. Yeah. I'm with you there. Like I said, those first, what, four weeks of the season when you had Bradley Chubb, Draymond Jones and Randy Gregory on the field together, like that, that was magic. Yeah. It was, it was special. Like that, that's, one of the best pass rushes I've seen since like the 2015, 2016 season for the Broncos when he had DeMarcus Ware and, and Von Miller and Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf. Like it, it was just looking that good. I mean, th- these were the guys that were coming up with the plays to win games and not only getting the sack, getting the strip sack. And, you know, it just, oh, if we could get that game in game out, like you said, but everybody was struggling with injuries Browning missed time, Gregory missed time, Draymond Jones missed time. And it just, you hope that this next training staff can maybe limit some of those injuries. I have some concerns that in one year, they can't quite undo some of the things that have been done, but I guess I'm going to have to hope for the best. Yeah. The thing with that is like you bring in a new staff, your training regime and workouts may be different, which could lead to a few more, injuries so it might take a little bit of time as the people's bodies need to adjust to the new the new styles and how hard you go and everything like that um i know a lot of people have tried to point to you know the lack of play time in the preseason leading to the injuries but they're soft tissue injuries a lot of them were and i mean serious injuries freak injuries happen so a broken leg torn acl those happen and they're super they're, they're impossible to prevent really yeah, but the soft tissue injuries that just linger and linger—that is a reflection of you're not being your body's not being trained right. You're not getting stretched out right. Your body's not getting used to it. They still can happen, but there's there's more you can do to prevent it. And then it go it does fall on the 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 athletic staff, the training staff, the the medical staff that they're not doing the right things to get you back out there. So a hamstring injury that's two three weeks now is six seven weeks. So that, that that's it'll be interesting to see how much things can change this year when it comes to injuries. And then I've seen a few questions coming in about Nick Bonito. What what are your expectations year two for this kid? So I I saw that and I saw somebody make the comment of the improvement Baron Browning made in year two. Um, this might get some flack, but Baron Browning was great for the first like six or seven weeks of the season. And then after that, he was essentially MIA. He got wor- he was struggled against the run all season, but he got significantly worse. He wasn't getting as consistent pressure. So he took a major hit. And that could be an issue of same thing as I talked about with Draymond Jones. You lost your you you lost a couple Robins there in Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. So more focus was shifted to Baron Browning. Um 
and Baron Browning was making a position change. Um, Benito isn't in a, a great comparison there for Browning because their styles are so different. There was never a question that Baron Browning had the strength to hold up. It was a technical aspect. Benito comes from a slanting defense out of Oklahoma, which doesn't work in the NFL, and being asked to consistently attack an edge where guys are longer and able to get their hands on you quicker and get a hold of you, not holding, but get a hold of you because they can still grasp. And if you don't have the strength, you're not getting off, and that's Benito's issue. I want to see a lot of work done in the weight room. I want to see him get stronger from top to bottom, and I think if we want to see improvement of him on the field, that's where it starts. He's got to get stronger. Yeah. And I've, I've said this from the very beginning when the Broncos drafted him. I worry he doesn't have the body type to add a whole lot of strength. He just he has that skinny frame that it's not like, oh, if you get him in the weight room, all of a sudden he becomes a big frame. I think it's just really he's just that kind of frame. And he can add some. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure he will. And I think he'll be better. But to actually become a starting quality guy, which to be, if you're using a second round pick on a guy, he better be giving you starters reps. Now, maybe he's not a starter, but he's at least getting in there enough to become starting level. And I, I just can't see him being that guy. I still think you're going to probably have to add maybe another couple players to the position. I, I probably like Jonathan Cooper better than than him, if I'm really being honest there. I think Cooper's shown a little bit more, at, at least at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, Cooper has Cooper showed a lot of improvement as a run defender from his rookie season to this year, but his play as a pass rusher dropped. Um, and that's concerning because you want that balance, especially if you're looking at him as being that fourth or fifth pass rusher uh, for the team. Um, Oop Nation says Benito has a lot of speed, and he does. And that's part of the issue is even coming out of college, I viewed Benito as far more of an athlete than a football player. And not just because of the strength concern, but because his technique was rather messy. And he just was able to take... Um, totally forgot the word I was looking for, but he was able to reap the rewards of playing in a slanting defense. That makes things tremendously easier for athletes. Yeah. Oklahoma's defense was very much, we're going to take athletes. We're going to put them out the, on the field and we're just going to slant all day, expose the offensive line and get after the quarterback. And it works in college, yeah. not in the NFL teams have tried it and have consistently failed. Right. Well, and you look at, at Oklahoma, even there, sometimes they try to cover up some of his, shortcomings as an edge guy where they'd put him at that off ball linebacker, have him coming up the middle and where he doesn't have to try to do all the bending and technical side of things. It's just, no, you just run as fast as you can at this gap and, and have some fun. And yeah, he got a lot of good plays. And like I said, he is a great athlete and he's going to get some great sacks in the NFL that are, he's going to get in there quick. He made some, some really nice plays. Even this year, there's one really nice run stop where it was like a four yard loss. Because he just boom hit that that uh, that gap right there, perfect timing, everything. But if that's your plan to be successful in the NFL, like I said, it's going to fail miserably. Because if if he misses or it's not to that spot, all of a sudden you've opened up a huge hole for a big play the other way. So mm -hmm. it's it's a very risk reward kind of style. But we got Phil coming in saying, any ideas where we're going to find an edge player? The draft um honestly like talking about this draft class being a week edge is probably if it's not the strongest position in the draft it's the second strongest cornerback is right there with it this edge class is absolutely insane it's yeah. stacked you're, you'll probably hear about 12 different names being talked about as first or second round picks um three edges Prior to the Senior Bowl, th there are three edges that were really my favorites with that first-round pick they got for Chubb. And unfortunately, now we don't have that first-round pick. And I think one of them cemented himself as a first-round pick. But there's still probably about five or six guys that are going to be there in the third or fourth round that you can look at and get pretty solid return for it because it's one of those things of they're going to fall a little bit because how strong the class is. And even though Edge is such a priority position teams are going to jump at the weaker classes taking the top guys there because there's no depth whereas edge has depth which will see people fall so i think there's a couple there's a few guys that 
haven't cemented my grading grades yet, but there's a few guys that I'm already eyeing in that range that could potentially be there. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we got now switching to a different position, looking at wide receiver. Heath coming in saying, I feel that we can afford to lose Sutton as opposed to Judy Simmons or Sertan. What capital do you think he will fetch? Go Broncos. Um, Of all the options, Sutton is the one that makes the least sense financially. Um, He's 18.2 million against the salary cap this year, plus a little extra. And it's essentially 11.5 and dead money if you trade him. Um, So you're only freeing up about 6.8 million. It doesn't make sense financially, and I don't think that the return will be worth it for taking that kind of dead cap hit this year for him. But I do th- I do agree with your line of thinking. I do think that of the players, Sutton is the one that does make the most sense to move on from, but I just don't think that it makes financial sense. Yeah, I think his loss is negated quite a bit by having Tim Patrick come back. You know, you, you can do a lot of the same things that you do with Sutton that you can with Tim Patrick. It's they're not a you know perfect match by any means, but uh but you're you're still at least got that big wide receiver can go down the field, catch above the rim for you, still has pretty good athleticism running down the field. Um Jerry Judy, he's a little bit more unique compared to those guys and what he's bringing to the field. So I think he'd lose quite a bit, especially with how he was showing there at the end of the season. You, you finally started seeing some they were, they were clicking together. Like they understood this is what works with Jerry Judy. This is what works with Russell Wilson trying to find him open. And he's, I, I hope that we can see some of that continue on into this next year. I worry about bringing in that new system again. Now you got to work on learning the playbook, learning on where everybody's going to be. Uh, might take a little bit to, to get some of that going again. Yeah. And I do think with Judy, I'm interested in seeing it because I can't remember who it was, but somebody posted it out that from after the year-long suspension of Peyton, when he came back for the last like four or five years, Sean Peyton, his offense faced the highest rate of man coverage over that time, and that is what Judy just absolutely feasts on. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious to see if they can still continue that of, we're going we're gonna to come up with plays and everything that are, and designs that are going to force you to man up on us, and then we're just going to let our man-eater just eat you up on on offense so i'm really curious to see if that is something that they they it makes sense for them to do just a matter of actually seeing it happen of course right and and that's where again you kind of draw some of those comparisons like michael thomas his ability Mm -hmm. to get open against that man coverage was pretty darn impressive so he could get the volume touches throughout an entire game because just he was open that much and you hope that judy can kind of fill into some of that i think Corton sutton could do that as well I mean, really, I, I'd love to see this wide receiver core stay together. I'm kind of with you. I, I don't want to see a whole lot of these guys traded. More one of those mid-round or mid-name mid mid kind of guys. Not one of these top-tier guys. Uh, I, I guess, now let me ask you this question. Are there any names that you say are completely off-limits on this team? No. Now, there are guys that I don't think that what I would want for them will realistically happen. But I'm I'm there's a price there's a price for everyone. I will trade anyone for the right price. Just you're not going to get that price. Um, I saw somebody in the chat mention two first round picks for Sertan. I wouldn't take that. But if a team came in and started offering me three or four, I'd take it. You're just yeah. not gonna. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone everyone's available for a price, right? Um, in the NFL via a trade. So no one's untouchable to me. Um, it, it's just again. There's no one that's going to be some of these guys are just not going to get what you you're not going to get offered what you'd be willing to take for them. All right. This is a good question coming in from Ryan Maine saying, Eric, would you rather hit on a center or a right tackle in the draft? Right tackle. Right tackles are a lot harder to find center. You can typically get decent play and rotate guys year in and year out. Not that center is not valuable. Um, it's just it's easier to find a center than it is to find a tackle rank your, I guess your, uh, your value of the five offensive line positions, one to five. Oh, um, so left tackle and right tackle with the way the NFL is going are almost even left tackle, still a little bit more valuable, 
Um, but they're all, they're almost even. And then then you get your left guard. I think that is the third most valuable position on the offensive line. It's the left guard. Um, just because, especially with quarterbacks being mostly right-handed, it is still a blindside aspect of that. Right guard, um, obviously right guard. And I think there's a pretty decent gap between left guard and right guard. And then there's another decent gap between right guard and center. All right. We got Gary Palmer coming in with the super chat. Thank you so much, Gary. Good to see you. Saying, hey, Carl, Eric, and Scott, love seeing you guys on. So we essentially traded Chubb for Peyton all day long. Buck him. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to like these. You know, of course, we had let it, let's ride. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like Buck him better than let's ride. But maybe it's because I've heard let's ride way too many times. Um, yeah, you're right. I think we, we essentially traded Chubb for Peyton kind of thing. And I, I think one thing from this past Super Bowl, I always kind of look at, okay, what did, what, how were these teams created? And what can the Broncos do to try to emulate some of the things that they've done? And you look at the, at the Eagles right now, they just lost their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator to head coach positions. They had a great staff. Coaching matters big time in the NFL. Like mm-hmm. I look at the NBA, I'm going, that's a player's league. Coaches, I don't think do a whole lot. <laughs> I, maybe I'm maybe oversimplifying it, but at least compared to the NFL, NFL, like these guys are actually coaching. It matters. They're calling plays that you can tell the guys they know what they're doing calling the play. You know the guys that aren't. The difference between a Mike Bunchek being in the building compared to a, a a Butch Berry, like those things really matter in the NFL. And so being able to go get a quality guy like Sean Payton, even if it costs you a first round pick. It's worth it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to looking at it. I didn't really care for the Chubb trade when it happened. I thought the first and the and aspect of it being a expensive running back. Well, I mean, a running back that was there for half a year because you're going to cut him because he's cap casualty because you're not paying him the six or seven million this year that he's set to be against the cap. Um, but when you're able to turn that first with a little extra into Sean Payton, it, it's a great, uh, uh, great trade. I would do that. I, I really like Sean Payton. My biggest worry with him was always go, was always how much would it cost to get him? And I think with what they gave up, the first and what second next year, right? Yeah. And then they're getting a third back next year. I'm fine with that. That my my qualms was always going to be, are they keeping that 2024 first or not? Uh, that is a pick that was a must keep for me going back to the whole, your question about what's untouchable. The first round pick for the Broncos next year should be untouchable because if Russell Wilson falls through and doesn't turn it around, you got to go get a younger quarterback behind him. And that's the year to do it. Yeah. And we got trying to find it here. Um, Talking about Buckham. We got Michael Ronquillo pointing out mile high huddle has the new shirt out right now. Um, it, it says hashtag Buckham across the front of it. So make sure you guys are heading over there to, uh, I'm trying to remember the, <laughs> what it's called. Um, I, I'll look it up here in just a second, but make sure you guys are heading over there. Yep. There we go. MHHmerch.com. That's where you guys can find all these. You can find this, this hat right here, man. I love this hat. My kids keep trying to steal it. That's why you've <laughs> seen me a couple shows, not with the hat on because my kids take my hats. And drives me crazy, but maybe I just need to go out there, get a couple more just so they stop stealing my hat, but then they lose their own. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing with kids, but anyway, like I said, make sure you guys are heading over there, go get your shirts, uh, caps, whatever you want to do. There's always some good things out there. And then we got Teddy coming in saying free Judy. He deserves better than Russ. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I still think what we saw from Russ this last year, I still think he's got enough left. I still think he can be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Now you have to have a coach like Sean Payton that can come in and rein in some of the really bad things that he does that can scheme plays to at least take some of the the pressure off and play towards his strengths. And again, you still have to have buy-in from Russ himself. But I think he also has to re- like. I think, I think he's aware enough at least to know if he plays as bad as he did this last year, 
he's gone after the season. And it's going to be real tough for him to find an NFL team that's going to want to take on not only how bad he's been playing, but that personality as well. So yeah, I think there is going to be at least a little bit of buy-in this year. Now, moving forward, sometimes guys are willing to buy in year one. Then they kind of get back into their old routine after that. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I mean, it's that whole thing of he's got to realize that he was a big issue with it. Not the only issue, just a big issue with the offenses last year. I mean, there were mistakes that fall directly on him. That wasn't a matter of the scheme, wasn't a matter of the play call. It was just an issue of him missing an open receiver standing in front of him, missing a wide open touchdown because he didn't read the defense pre-snap correctly because and he locks on the wrong receiver. Like there were issues that were on him that weren't on the play calling. And it was a thing of there. I mean, there was always, always chatter about issues in the locker room that it wasn't super cohesive, that there were issues with the verbiage of things. Like there were all these concerns and all these issues about it. And one thing for me, and this isn't a defense of Nathaniel Hackett whatsoever is I think it was always an issue that you're going with a first time head coach that doesn't have a resume and pairing him with a Super Bowl caliber uh, or a Super Bowl winning MVP, Super Bowl MVP quarterback. So the resume of the quarterback is a lot higher than the resume of the first time head coach. And Nathaniel Hackett just didn't have the what's right here. I don't want to say respect or authority, but he didn't have the 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 power to his name, I guess is the best way to put it, to rein him in. Sean Payton does. Yeah. And if Russell Wilson sits there and doesn't like it, well, guess what? Even if you play well, we have a way out of your contract. Right. So you better buy in, and you better buy in long term, otherwise you're gone. Right. Yeah, buck them. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what Sean Payton can say at that point. And I like Zebulon's comment saying, Teddy must have Judy in fantasy leagues. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Teddy, I, I'm i sorry. There, there's just those times, especially wide receivers. They're pretty much they're big-time divas, and Jerry Judy is a big-time diva. Yeah. And I guess I don't feel too bad sometimes when they get paired in a bad situation. Um, just there's a couple guys I feel bad about. Like uh, Larry Fitzgerald always hated that he was always in such a bad situation for the most part. He had Kurt Warner for a little while there. But because I, 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 I just always love Larry Fitzgerald, one of the hardest working guys. Always seemed really down to earth, all those kind of things. Never really complained about his situation. And just, I don't know. Like I said, I've always loved him. But a lot of wide receivers, I'm like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> you get paid a lot of money, whether you are successful or not, it seems like. Like Jerry yeah. Judy's making a lot of money, even though he hasn't had a thousand yard season yet. And real quick, thank you, Zebulon, for pointing that out. I totally misremembered that Malcolm Smith won the MVP yeah. that year and not Russ. Uh, but still, Super Bowl winning quarterback and got his team to the Super Bowl multiple times. That aspect's will same, but thank you for the correction on that. I just completely misremembered. Yeah. But, uh, all right, we're getting ready to round up our time here, guys. So really appreciate you coming in here. Make sure on your way out, uh, get those likes in, you know, Facebook. I think we've gotten 25 likes or, or hearts or whatever, you know, it is Valentine's day. So get those hearts in there for us. And if you guys are over there on, uh, on YouTube, make sure you guys are liking, sharing, subscribing to the show, you know, really that that's like the best thing you guys can do for us because it, it lets you know when our shows are happening. It helps get our name out there all the more on all of those different channels. And so again, just really appreciate you guys tuning in here on a Valentine's 2023 and Eric really appreciate you joining me as well as, as Nick is off in the, the sunshine and what, what time is it there for him? What, like four o'clock? Four o'clock, yeah. Man, okay. So he, he's just out there enjoying getting his tan on. But uh, he'll be back next week with us. But again, just Eric, thank you for joining us. And, you know, I, I think, like I said, we're going to be hearing a lot of these trade rumors throughout the entire offseason. Some of them are going to be crazy. And I know everybody's going to want some crazy returns for him. Broncos have some good players. I don't think their their problem was talent last year. I think injuries and coaching and Russ are, are three very big reasons for, for this team struggling last year. I think they figured out the coaching side of it. We'll have to see the rest of the staff that comes in. Russ, we'll have to see if he has any kind of buy-in. But like I said, if they can add a little bit more talent, especially to that offensive line, not taking away Garrett Bowles, 
would be a good start to adding to that. But uh, but beyond that, again, adding a few more players, I think I think they got a chance to at least make some noise. I think one thing when talking about players that are being traded is you have to think of are they more valuable to the Broncos in in this case than they are to other teams? And I think outside of Justin Simmons, the answer is yes. I think every single one is more valuable to the Broncos than they would be to other teams. And even Justin Simmons is like right on that line. Uh, but yeah, they're they're. I agree with you. They got the coaching side of it turned around. Now it's can you get Wilson to fully buy in? Can you improve the offensive line? Can you fix these other issues, improve the depth to overcome the injuries, so on and so forth, of all these issues that hurt the you know, the team this last season. That's the next step of it. And we just got to wait and see. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure, like I said, on your way out, give us a like on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, make sure you guys head over there to see that new shirt over there on the MHH swag um, or MHHmerch.com. And of course, give us a follow on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. And make sure you guys are tuning in. I think we got a couple more shows tomorrow once again. I, I think Bronco is Broncos. For, no, Broncos breakfast was this morning. Um, but again, thank you guys for tuning in on this holiday. Hope you guys are having a great time and make sure you guys are out there spreading the good love. You know, make sure as, as Nick always says, spreading kindness and compassion. And beyond that, guys, make sure you tune in all off season. It's going to be a ride with us. It's going to be a good time. Eric, thanks again for joining me, bud. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll see you guys later. Go Broncos. and compassion and beyond that guys make sure you tune in all off season it's going to be a ride with us it's going to be a good time eric thanks again for joining me bud thank you thank you for having me all right we'll see you guys later go broncos